All praises to the Most High and the Most High only. I'm your host, Brownson Arevaji. I'm bringing to you another episode of The Narrow Path of the Righteous. The Most High put it on my spirit to speak on. The Major Prophets. In order to understand the importance of the major prophets, we must look into the lives of the righteous prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. We will take a deep dive into the lives of the righteous prophets and their vital roles they played in the establishment of the children of Israel from the past to the present and to the future ahead. To understand the major prophets is to understand their books full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Righteous men and women of the Most High have access to the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, and the book of Ezekiel as a continued stepping stone in honing and learning about the major prophets who left us with so many lessons that we continue to learn from to this day. A prophet is defined as an individual who gives the declarations of the Most High. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives based upon their own glory. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives elevating themselves ahead of the children of Israel. They did not exalt themselves as if they were their own gods. They aren't pastors, preachers, or priests of today. They aren't your pope. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives being preoccupied with the riches of the world. 
these major prophets did not strive to be popular or be renowned. These major prophets lived their lives in accordance to the declarations of the Most High and the establishments and continued reestablishment of the righteousness of the children of Israel. Their works oftentimes go beyond our comprehension because it is the declarations of the Most High, prophecies that we have yet to see. We've seen numerous of these prophecies come to fruition from the major prophets, but a large deal of them we have yet to live through. The major prophets would speak on behalf of the Most High and present the declarations of the Most High to the children of Israel, along with any detractors. The major prophets of the days of old spoke the truth, which came directly from the Most High. The major prophets of the days of old did not cower, nor did they conceal the word of the Most High in order to appease the children of Israel or their detractors. Righteous men and women of the Most High understand that the prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet Ezekiel did not care about being popular. They weren't asking the Most High for riches. They weren't asking for tithes and donations and to exalt them. All of the major prophets received a form of backlash, chastisement, doubt, slander, and even threats for their righteous work and for not looking to appease the emotions of the children of Israel. See, righteous men and women of the Most High understand that this Torah and this Tanakh, once you first read it, will definitely have you looking in the, in the mirror. It'll definitely have you rethinking a lot of your decisions and the path that you're on because the Torah and the Tanakh do not care about your emotions. It's all about righteousness. It's all about justice. It's all about the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. It's all about the word of the Most High and the reestablishment of righteousness throughout the world through the Most High's servant in Israel, the children of Israel. We can learn so much from each major prophet and how they conducted themselves during their time as prophets 
and their walk with the Most High and their walk with the children of Israel. The major prophets teach righteous men and women about the importance of courage, fearlessness, focus, knowledge, perseverance, purpose, resilience, righteousness, strength, understanding, and wisdom. These major prophets were the embodiment of these characteristics and more. The major prophets truly lived their lives on the narrow path of the righteous from the minute that they were called by the Most High. From the time that they were selected by the Most High until the, the time their work was done, all of the major prophets continue to strive for righteousness. Although these major prophets had moments of slight doubt or even questioning of the purpose of the wicked and why the wicked seemed to be exalted above the righteous, the Most High continued to give them all the strength along with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to continue doing his righteous work. There was a purpose behind why the Most High selected these prophets and the Most High would reveal it to them. The major prophets spoke only the truths of the Most High. The Most High already instructed the major prophets that he would be with them and would direct and guide them through their walk. The Most High also warned the major prophets of their detractors within the children of Israel, within the tribes, and to not be dismayed, frightened, or unconfident about their destinies and purpose. The major prophets acknowledged, recognized, and understood that they were chosen to do greatness and that their destiny and purpose was greater than they were as an individual righteous man. Their destiny and purpose was to help steer the children of Israel back to the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. Their destiny and purpose was to help steer the children of Israel back to the Torah and its lifelong teachings. 
the major prophets continually reminded the children of Israel of their ancestors and their righteous leaders, such as Moses, Aaron, Joshua, the judges, Samuel, even during the glimpse of Saul, when the spirit of the Most High rested in him before it departed. David, Solomon, and so many more. The major prophets continually warned the children of Israel about their imminent fall from glory to their punishment and exile. The children of Israel continually ignored the major prophets and the chastisement of the Most High, only to realize that the major prophets were prophesying on behalf of the Most High out of love. Love is correction, which is what the children of Israel constantly needed. The major prophets never spoke on their own authority, nor did they share their direct opinions. The major prophets only shared their message as the Most High had instructed them. Their role was to make the Most High's role known as well as His holiness. Their role was to instruct and teach the children of Israel to reject idolatry and their continued sin. To turn back to the Most High, to return. Righteous men and women of today can continue to learn so many incredible lessons from the major prophets. These lessons will help us steer our own actions decisions and thoughts. These lessons will help us on our walk on the narrow path of the righteous. We are to study the days of old so that we know how to correctly appease and return to the Most High. God of our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you begin to possess the righteous light of the Most High, you'll begin to acknowledge, recognize, and understand how righteous the word of the Most High is. You'll begin to acknowledge, recognize, and understand how vital the major prophets are and were. You'll begin to acknowledge, recognize, and understand how vital the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, and the book of Ezekiel 
was and is. As we continue to strive towards the laws, the statutes, and the commandments as righteous men and women of the Most High, we'll continue to witness the prophecies of these major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, come to fruition before our eyes. The more we strive for righteousness, the more the Most High will bless us with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In turn, the more we'll be able to comprehend and break down prophecies and connect the dots to past, current, and future events. It is vital that we study the Torah Tanakh because we've already been instructed several times to study the days of old. It is vital that we study the Torah Tanakh because we've already been instructed several times to return to the Most High. Righteous men and women acknowledge, recognize, and understand that by returning to the Most High, that means we are wise enough to understand that the Most High wants what's best for us. We begin to understand that fear of the Most High means that we are on the right path. That we are on the narrow path of the righteous. And that we are truly set apart from the majority of the masses. All you have to do is just take a look at the state of Babylon and the rest of the world of today. Those with eyes to see with, ears to hear with, and minds to think with, acknowledge, recognize, and understand that Babylon is decaying and is falling right before our eyes. To our bewilderment, we oftentimes cannot comprehend why our family, our friends, and the vast majority of the masses don't acknowledge, recognize, and understand this fact about Babylon. A major lesson we can learn from this is the major prophets went through the same situation and even worse was the situation than we have today for the major prophets. It was much worse for the major prophets in terms of trying to warn the children of Israel to remove themselves from idolatry and sin. Imagine living in the days of old and having your ancestors raise you in the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. 
Imagine living in the days of old and having your ancestors speak directly to you about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, the judges, Samuel, Saul, David, Solomon, and countless others. And back then, it was completely fresh in your mind. There are so many life lessons that the children of Israel had right in front of their eyes. And our ancestors, unfortunately, continued to partake in idolatry and sin, which continued to trickle down to where we are today. This made the expectations and responsi- responsibility of the major prophets that much more difficult. I mean, they had that many people to look to, and the children of Israel still turned away. Righteous men and women of today are to look to prophets such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel for continued inspiration and teachings. Righteous men and women are to depend on the Most High to direct our steps in all that we do, plain and simple. We must acknowledge, recognize, and understand the importance of the major prophets. When we do, we are beginning our stages to be set apart because we learn to live by the laws, the statutes, and the commandments of the Most High. Our desires for Babylon begin to dissolve and disappear. Our desires for the worldly possessions of gifts and trinkets within Babylon begin to dissolve and disappear. We begin to acknowledge, recognize, and understand that the only way in life is by walking with the Most High and the Most High only. The major prophets are the embodiment of righteous men who live their lives to exalt the work of the Most High and the Most High only. The major prophets are embodiments of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. There are so many righteous lessons to be learned from the major prophets. Some of these lessons we will acknowledge, recognize, and understand right away, while others may not come to us right away and may take days, weeks, months, or years to understand. I mean, the more you study the Torah Tanakh, the more you're going to start connecting the dots. You know, you'll, you'll be like, I can't believe I read over that. And I didn't understand that. It's no different than these individual books. That is a part of the beauty of the Torah Tanakh and studying on the Torah Tanakh. That is a part of the beauty, beautiful process of unlearning everything Babylon has lied to us about and instead replacing it with righteous teachings such as the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, 
and the book of Ezekiel, along with the book of Lamentations. Life has genuine direction and meaning when we do so. We begin to change from the inside out as righteous men and women. When you are righteous and you are blessed with the light of the Most High, you are also able to see through the gimmicks and lies that were told throughout the entire New Testament. Righteous men and women of the Most High do not give any glory to any other deities, demigods, or gods. Righteous men and women of the Most High acknowledge, recognize, and understand that it is a total abomination to the Most High to practice idolatry. which is the same practice that resulted in our ancestors, the children of Israel, to continually be punished by being placed into captivity and eventually placed into our current captivity through the early warnings directly from the Most High, as well as Moses, Joshua, the judges, Samuel, Saul, David, and many more. Our ancestors were warned countless times and we still continued to practice idolatry to this day. Why do we think nothing is getting any better here in Babylon for the children of Israel? Have we forgotten our power and our beautiful and foreverlasting covenant with the Most High? Have we been brought so low that we've forgotten our history and have forgotten the everlasting righteous teachings and work of the major prophets? It looks like it seems like we do. It looks like we've thrown this by the wayside. Majority of people would rather quote out of the New Testament than quote out of the, the Torah or the Tanakh. They could rather continue to be led astray by demigods. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we wake up those around us, our family, friends, and anyone in our lives. Time is of the essence to get right with the Most High as we continue to witness the prophecies of the major prophets come to fruition right before our eyes. Righteous men and women of the Most High already understand that the prophecies of the major prophets are not all, not at all connected to the future prophecy of the false narrative and prophecy of Christ. Righteous men and women already know our standing with the Most High as the Most High's firstborn son as Exodus chapter 4, verse 22 already tells us. Righteous men and women of the Most High already acknowledge, recognize, and understand that the Most High instructed us to never add or subtract from the Word. 
as Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2 already instructs us to do so. Righteous men and women of the Most High already acknowledge, recognize, and understand that the Most High instructed us to not devote from the righteous commands and instructs us to not forsake the Torah. As Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 through 8 instructs us, Righteous men and women already acknowledge, recognize, and understand that the Most High is the only God, and we are not to worship any other gods. As Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 3 tells us, Righteous men and women already acknowledge, recognize, and understand that we are to ignore the teachings of false prophets who instruct us to follow in their ways in, in, of other gods and to deviate away from the laws, the statutes, and the commandments of the Most High. As Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 through 6 instructs us and warns us of, it is elementary and immature to believe that another God shares the glory with the Most High. Righteous men and women of the Most High recognize like we, and understand that mixing the New Testament with the Torah, Tanakh, is like mixing oil with water. They don't mix, so we do not even attempt to do so, and anyone attempting to do so is a commandment breaker, and the Most High will recompense you. Most High gave us free will. So the Most High is not going to blame other outside forces for your downfall and your idol worship at all. You will always be held accountable for your own actions in the eyes of the Most High. To understand the major prophets is to understand their books full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Righteous men and women have the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, and the book of Ezekiel to look to as a stepping stone to continuing in their goals of honing and learning about the major prophets who left us with so many lessons that we continue to learn from to this day. A prophet is defined as an individual who gives the declaration of the Most High. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives based upon their own glory. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives exalting themselves ahead of the children of Israel. 
these major prophets did not strive to live their lives being preoccupied with the riches of the world. They weren't going around and campaigning that they get paid for the declarations of the Most High, which is similar to today's false prophets and our pastors or preachers or priests and our wicked Pope. I mean, your wicked Pope, that's not my Pope. I don't claim him. But all of those abominations and false prophets are nothing like the major prophets. These major prophets lived their lives in accordance to the declarations of the Most High and the establishments and continued reestablishments of the righteousness of the children of Israel. The term major prophet is to be viewed as the length of a prophet's walk with the Most High in the children of Israel. Righteous men and women of the Most High acknowledge, recognize, and understand that every prophet was in the situation to serve an important role regardless of the length of the prophet. The only difference is that some prophets had much larger roles in terms of their length and time walking with the Most High and the children of Israel. You know, one thing to note is that the Most High controls everything. He controls us to this day. The Most High controls darkness and light and good and evil. So if he wants somebody to do something for a reason, he'll do it. He can put his spirit on anyone. So that's why prophets varied. We must remember that the days of these prophets spanned hundreds of years. And many things occurred within the children of Israel. and the prophets. The major prophets of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel were tasked with great expectations and responsibilities more earlier on than the latter prophets. So they just came before him. During the times of the major prophets, the children of Israel were continually falling back into idolatry and sin which continually led to their downfall and exiles. The major prophets had the world on their shoulders in terms of their expectations and responsibilities to the children of Israel as well as the nations. The nations were affected as well because if the children of Israel weren't righteous, then the nations would continually play a part in the chastisement and punishment of the children of Israel. Rather than fear and respect the children of Israel as the Most High had originally intended it to be, which we know from the original covenant with Jacob. The children of Israel were to be exalted, but we continue to fall from grace. We continue to sin. The book of Isaiah is not only a book of righteousness, 
The book of Isaiah is a book filled with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The righteous prophet Isaiah's history of prophecy spanned 86 years, a period in which Isaiah uttered some of the most deep and powerful prophecies in all of scripture throughout the entire Torah Tanakh. Isaiah was a righteous prophet who wasn't afraid to correct his fellow man and woman. In fact, the prophet Isaiah was known to lash out at the wicked amongst the children of Israel. And Isaiah would warn them of their imminent destruction for living wickedly. The righteous prophet Isaiah also would console and comfort the children of Israel as well as create a way to motivate them to strive towards righteousness. The book of Isaiah transcends its time due to the major prophecies that Isaiah shared with the children of Israel. The righteous prophet foretold the exile that took place during his lifetime as the Assyrian army, led by Sennacherib, conquered the northern kingdom and scattered its people among the Assyrian kingdom. In turn, this led the scattered children of Israel to lose touch with their identity and roots. However, Isaiah prophesied that the Assyrian ruler would be destroyed along with his army. The righteous prophet Isaiah's contemporary was Hosea, a latter prophet. Hosea prophesied to the northern kingdom at that time. The prophet Isaiah prophesies to the kingdom of Judah. And the prophet Isaiah rallied abashing idolatry, the holiness of the people and the sanctity of the temple service. These are all vital to the children of Israel. Isaiah taught of the importance of insincere righteousness and how following the commandments to just follow the commandments was hypocritical in and of itself and not what a true child of the Most High would do. You don't just repent just to get away with what you did. Oh, because, you know, I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar and I'm going to repent to the Most High, but then I'm going to do it and pretend like the Most High is not watching. I'm going to continue to do it and do it and do it. That's what was hypocritical in the eyes of Isaiah as well as the Most High. When you are a righteous man and woman of the Most High, we are to follow the laws, the statutes, and the commandments of the Most High with all our heart, mind, and soul. The prophecies of, the, of Isaiah have yet to be completely fulfilled. The prophecies of Isaiah await the final redemption of the children of Israel out of our current bondage and slavery. Yes, this is slavery in Babylon. I'm not talking about physical slavery, which still happens, you know, in parts of Africa and around the world, because we are spread out across 
for all four corners of the earth. But what I'm talking about is the mental slavery, the emotional slavery, the spiritual slavery in Babylon. We will witness the beginning of these prophecies of Isaiah come true as the Most High continues to judge and eventually destroy Babylon. Once the Most High destroys Babylon, the Most High will cleanse the people so that the earth will be filled with purity and holiness. The prophet Isaiah instructed the children of Israel that no word of the Most High goes back unless it has accomplished what the Most High desires. So if it is spoken to the Most High through the prophet to the people and it hasn't occurred yet, do not deny that it will exist and it will occur someday. That'll be to your own downfall if you do. To all the detractors, all the doubters, all the ones who forsake the Most High, you are watching and witnessing prophecies. With this lesson, we can look at the teachings, lessons, and prophecies of Isaiah as future events that have yet to be completed. The prophet Isaiah is a part of not only the Israelite consolation, but also the consolation of the righteous men and women from the other nations, because they too are in bondage and in slavery, and they too will eventually seek the Most High. The prophet Jeremiah was opposed by false prophets who insisted that their ways were better and more righteous than that of the ways that the Most High had originally commanded them. You know, they continued to add and subtract from the word. They continued to de deviate left and right from the word. This was during a time where the wicked King Nebuchadnezzar had conquered and sacked Jerusalem. Even with this evident previous prophecy of the destruction of Jerusalem from the prophet Isaiah and during the time of the prophet Jer Jeremiah, the children of Israel still ignored the sign from the Most High and the prophecies. Jeremiah even had the challenge of the Kohen Gadol and other Kohen priests going against him and disputing his direction at every single turn. By this time, the children of Israel were already so spoiled by the many years of reassurance and the many times that they were saved from captivity from their enemies that they despised Jeremiah because he was only telling them the truth of why, why things weren't going their way and why they were being conquered and would only continue to be conquered until they returned to the Most High. You know, that created an uproar, that created outlash towards Jeremiah. You know, a righteous man and woman of the Most High, when you read from prophets such as Jeremiah, one of the major prophets, and you see what they went through, you can continue to compare and contrast to what you deal with, with family and friends. 
you know, obviously not to this extent that Jeremiah went through. But what I'm saying is you understand, you know, the frustration because you love people in your life and you want the best for them. You want their souls to be saved. You want them in the new lands. You want them to have salvation. But it's like these people kick and scream like toddlers. And then they are saved and then they continue to kick and scream. They go back to their own ways. Like you have to continually retrain and try to help them. And some people don't even get it. It goes in one ear out the other. It, it was, it can get frustrating, but the lessons that we can learn from major prophets is that we must continue to be courageous, fearless and persevere. Jeremiah went against the pressure to say the popular thing and would always speak the truth of the Most High regardless of anyone's emotions. Like I mentioned, the Torah Tanakh does not care about your emotions. It's all about truth, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. It got to the point where the children of Israel demanded that Jeremiah be put to death for his refusal to say the things that made them feel good. Jeremiah refused to go up against the Most High for other men. And think about that today. People who are in the truth, who get into it, but then either turn away from it or they shy away from it because they don't want to feel embarrassed because of how somebody else perceives them or what somebody else might do to them. You know, we all, when we're first early into our journey, it, it can be awkward. It can be, you know, struggle because you're really unlearning everything. You're unraveling an onion, so to speak. So you have to spend years unlearning things and people begin to notice that. And, you know, especially your family. So, you know, people will go up against you, not saying they want to put you to death, but what I'm saying is people will go up against you. They'll, you know, abandon you. They will outcast you. They will slander. They will mock you. They will honestly downright hate you for speaking the truth and telling them, hey, this is not a good thing you should be doing. This is actually going to harm you. It's like we're in such a society that everything has to be shaming there's a there's a term shaming for everything it has to always be you know your body shaming or your woman shaming or your mansplaining or you're being toxic when you can't just tell somebody the truth these days without them playing victim it's like telling somebody who's eating themselves to death and morbidly obese, like, hey, I care about you. Like, you could, you know, you're going to get a heart attack or a stroke or diabetes. I really want you to change. Like, you should start working out with me or you should follow this program. And they're, they're going to get upset with you. The majority of them are going to say, hey, you're body shaming me. Or you tell somebody, hey, you don't worship other gods. The Most High said you're breaking of the first and you're breaking of the commandments. You're worshiping other gods. And then they outright blasphemy you and they they curse you because you, you're telling them the truth when it's right there in the book very similar situations that the prophet jeremiah had to face 
The prophet Jeremiah had to also deal with the issue of the wicked king Jehoiakim disobeying him and burning the scroll of Jeremiah's prophecies. Imagine that. When Jeremiah refused to be silenced, King Zedekiah had him hurled into a dungeon of imprisonment. Jeremiah then witnessed the eventual destruction of Jerusalem at the hand of plunderers, and he was set free from his imprisonment by these same plunderers, not even his own people. Even once vindicated by the evil actions of the children of Israel, Jeremiah's love for them never subsided or left him. Jeremiah wept and grieved for his tormented brothers and sisters of the children of, of Israel as they were led into exile. Jeremiah continued to encourage them by letting them know that they needed to be strong through this exile in order to build a new path for the future. Jeremiah struggled with his own fate as a prophet. Jeremiah struggled with why he was chosen by the Most High to foretell the hours, but to also witness them and even be at the mercy of those he was ultimately trying to save. Like Jeremiah like knew things were going to go down and he was there to witness them and the people he loved would be destroyed. I mean, imagine that. That would weigh anybody down. Jeremiah went through a tremendous amount of pain during his ordeal. However, a bright point was that many of the exiles found courage and strength through Jeremiah's prophecy that there would be redemption and glory. 70 years after the destruction of Jerusalem. However, Jeremiah did not live to see his prophecy fulfilled. But many who had heard of his prophecies were among the ones who returned with Ezra and Nehemiah to inaugurate the second temple. Jeremiah was a righteous prophet who had a rich history full of success, glory, pain, setback and triumph these are all lessons that righteous men and women of the most high can learn from and apply to their daily lives during the time of the prophet Ezekiel the sins of the children of Israel had become irreparable. The children of Israel continued to digress into disobedience towards the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. Like the previous major prophets of Israel, The children 
of Israel continued to disregard their prophecies and warnings. Even with these prophecies coming true, the future generations of the children of Israel continue to sin and worship other gods through their constant idolatry. The temple of the Most High would be destroyed. The children of Israel continually believed that the temple was to be a be-all, end-all, and their righteous works weren't needed on a daily basis because of the appearance of the temple of the Most High. They started becoming slothful and wicked because they started to drift away from the law, statutes, and the commandments, which are a daily thing. You don't clock out of being righteous. The children of Israel genuinely believed that they would be protected from the king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon as long as they had the temple of the Most High. This naive belief and mindset quickly was destroyed right before the eyes of the children of Israel. The main factor for the downfall of the children of Israel and the destruction of the temple of the Most High was due to the loss of holiness in the tribes of Israel, plain and simple. Once the holiness disappeared, so did the holy presence of the Most High which led the children of Israel to be vulnerable to their enemies. By this time, the appearance of the temple of the Most High became a shell of its once gloriful days as a sign and presence of the Most High. The temple would eventually be reduced to flaming ruin with the children of Israel witnessing the death of many of their people, along with many of them being driven off into exile and slavery underneath King Nebuchadnezzar. The expectations and responsibilities of the prophet Ezekiel were grand in the fact that his primary mission was to direct the children of Israel throughout these times which included those that stayed in the dying land of Israel and those who were brought into exile underneath King Nebuchadnezzar. Those in exile under King Nebuchadnezzar questioned whether they still had the love and protection of the Most High, and if so, why would they allow to go, be, to go into exile underneath their enemy? To these exiled men and women, the prophet Ezekiel was a prophet of hope as well as rebuke. The majority of Ezekiel's prophecies were directed toward the exiles underneath King Nebuchadnezzar. However, Ezekiel prophesied to the children of Israel and Jerusalem who disobeyed the command of the Most High to join the, their brothers and sisters in exile. The righteous prophet Ezekiel led by example and shared the same pain as the children of Israel. The righteous prophet Ezekiel continued to showcase his underlining love for the children of Israel 
even after losing his wife. This occurrence showed the children of Israel that even one's most cherished possession could be taken away from them in a matter of minutes. This symbolized the importance of the omnipotence of the Most High and the righteous ways of the Most High and how the Most High was in full control. The prophet Ezekiel was a prophet of hope throughout his walk with the children of Israel and the Most High. The book of Ezekiel provides so many powerful lessons of judgment, perseverance, and righteousness. The prophet Ezekiel foretells the time when the Most High will take Israel from the nations and purify them in righteousness. A time where the Most High will replace the stubborn heart of the children of Israel with a warm heart of righteousness. The book of Ezekiel contains Ezekiel's prophecy of despair disappearing death turning into life and the corpse of Israel becoming a vibrant new nation. A time where Judah and Ephraim are united again with the future Davidic dynasty times coming to fruition and the children of Israel returning to their land with the Most High as their God. The book of Ezekiel resonates with righteous men and women for so many reasons. However, the book of Ezekiel is viewed as a book of hope amongst the themes of tragedy and despair. The book of Ezekiel provides hope to the children of Israel that they will rise again and return to their rightful home and assume a new eternal place with the Most High until the end of time. And throughout my time reading the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, the book of Ezekiel, and continually going back to these books for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, for scripture, for insight, you continue to see how important these works are. You may have read, you know, one passage of scripture a hundred times, but the hundred and first time it connects, it clicks with you. Something that you experience in life comes to life in that scripture. Or something that already happened in the past history is foretold and you're able to connect that. You're like, oh, wow, that that makes sense. That came from this book. This prophet prophesies this. This is what's happened. This is what is currently going on and this is what will happen in the future. That is the importance. There's... You can't just narrow down the major prophets and say, oh, you know, they're just righteous. Their works are just righteous. You can learn from them. And then once you read it a few times, you've mastered it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. The Torah Tanakh does not work that way. The Torah Tanakh is a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong responsibility. We study it because it gives us light. It gives us light of the Most High. It gives us direction, chastisement, recollection, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We have a path when we have the Torah. 
when we learn from the prophets, the major ones. And we can continue to add those lessons to our daily walk with the Most High. And it's an incredible feeling to acknowledge this. Genesis chapter 35 verse 10 through 12 Then the Most High said to him Your name is Jacob Your name shall not always be called Jacob But Israel shall be your name Thus he called his name Israel. Verse 11. And the Most High said to him, I am the Most High. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a congregation of nations shall descend from you. And kings shall issue from your loins. Verse 12, the land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you and to your offspring after you, I will give the land. And the importance of understanding Genesis chapter 35, verse 10 through 12 is understanding the lineage and the history of the children of Israel and how the Most High blesses Jacob and renames Jacob as Israel to be the face of the children of Israel, of the tribes that came from Jacob's loins, the kings such as David and Solomon and all the great men that came from the lineage of Jacob. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the ancestors as far as the 12 tribes are concerned. And Jacob had the honor of being the direct forefather along with Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. Exodus chapter 4 Verse 22. You shall say to Pharaoh, So said the Most High, My firstborn son is Israel. And so 
righteous men and women of the Most High understand that scripture very well. We don't get it confused with anything because we know that there isn't any other son of the Most High, that the firstborn son is Israel, the children of Israel, not some Messiah Christ, not some Jebus creepers, not any of that pagan worship that they give you, demigods and other gods they give you, none of that. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. And he will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, your grain, your wine, and your oil the offspring of your cattle and the flocks of your sheep and goats on the land that he swore to your forefathers to give you. Read verse 14. You will be the most blessed of all peoples. There will be no infertile male or infertile female among you or all your animals. So when we look at the importance of the covenant of the children of Israel through Jacob, we understand that Deuteronomy was during the times of Moses. That Moses was leading the children of Israel out of captivity, out of bondage, into their new lands, into glory. And these are the promises that the Most High gave to the children of Israel. As long as we follow the law, statutes, and commandments, we would be blessed, the most blessed amongst all the nations. We would be a beacon of light to the nations like the Most High had wanted from us initially. And that he would let us be fruitful and multiply. Look at the curses that we have on us now when African-American women lead in abortion rates by a landslide, I'm telling you. When our two groups have some of the highest levels of obesity and heart disease where our black men kill each other daily I'm not going to say black men but our children of Israel the children of Israel kill each other daily as men and people don't understand that we are supposed to have glory we are supposed to have glory and it's the glory has been slowed up because people don't want to get back to the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verse 1 through 6. The entire word that I command you, that shall you observe to do, you shall not add to it and you shall not subtract from it. If there should stand up in your midst a prophet or a dreamer of a dream and he will produce to you a sign or a wonder. That was verse two, verse three. And the sign of the wonder comes about of which he spoke to you saying, let us follow gods of others that you did not know and we shall worship them. Verse four. 
Do not hearken to the words of that prophet or to that dreamer of a dream. For the Most High, your God, is testing you to know whether you love the Most High, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse 5. The Most High, your God, shall you follow and him shall you fear. His commandment shall you observe and to his voice shall you hearken. Him shall you serve and him shall you cleave. Verse 6. And that prophet and that dreamer of a dream shall be put to death. For he had spoken perversion against the Most High your God. Who takes you out of the land of Egypt and who redeems you from the house of slavery. To make you stray from the path on which the Most High your God has commanded you to go. And you shall destroy the evil from your midst. So the Most High already warned us against false prophets. You know, if if there comes about a prophet amongst the people and they're saying and telling you to go against the laws, the statutes, the commandments that were presented to you from Moses, then know that once what they say doesn't come true in fruition, you are to put them to death because they are a false prophet. If they're telling you to follow under other gods, you should automatically know they're a false prophet. Why are we so confused by these pastors, these preachers, these priests, the Pope? Why do people continue to be so bamboozled? It's because they don't read the word. They don't know the laws. They don't know the statutes. They don't know the commandments. Therefore, they don't know the Most High. We need to get back to the days of old so that we understand what we're up against. There's so many false prophets left and right, left and right, leading the people to slaughter in droves. Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 18 through 19 I will establish a prophet for them from among their brethren like you and I will place my words in his mouth he shall speak to them everything that I will command him Verse 19, and it shall be that the man who will not hearken to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I will exact from him. So we are introduced by the Most High to future prophets of the Most High so that people were, were made aware that this is what's going to happen. The Most High said he's going to select them from the brethren. They're going to look just like you. They're going to be just like you. But they're going to be speaking my declarations to the people. You see, the Most High always prepares. The Most High, when people say they have a plan B or a plan C or plan, the Most High doesn't need that. Most High has, he's omnipotent. He knows everything that will happen, every situation. Just his one plan is that covers everything.
Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 20 through 22. But the prophet who willfully shall speak a word in my name, that which I have not commanded him to speak, or who shall speak in the name of the gods of others, that prophet shall die. Verse 21. When you say in your heart, how can we know the word of the Most High has not spoken? Verse 22. If the prophet will speak in the in the name of the Most High, and that thing will not occur and not come about. That is the word that the Most High has not spoken. With willfulness has a prophet spoken it. You should not fear him. I mean, think about all these Christian pastors and pastors of other, you know, nations prophesizing, you know, saying that the world is going to end in 2000 and then 2012 and all this BS. When that was never, ever mentioned. And these same false prophets worshiping Christ. Which is another God. Which has nothing to do with the Most High. We aren't to believe these people or even listen to them. It is it is a curse upon us to even listen and follow these people. Honestly. There's no wisdom in them. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amoz, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear. O earth, for the Most High has spoken. Children have I raised and exalted, but they have rebelled against me. Verse 3. An ox knows his owner, and a donkey his master's throw. But Israel does not know. My people does not comprehend. Verse 4. Woe! They are a sinful nation, a people weighed down by iniquity, evil offspring, destructive children. They have forsaken the Most High. They have angered the Holy One of Israel and have turned their back to Him. Verse 5, For what have you been smitten? Since you continue to act perversely, each head is smitten with sickness, each heart with infirmity. Verse 6, from the sole of the foot of the to the head, nothing in him is whole, only injury, bruise, and festering wound. They have not been treated and they have not been bandaged. And the wound has not been softened with oil. Verse 7. Your country is desolate. 
your cities are burned with fire. As for your land, strangers consume its yield in your presence. It is desolate, as if overturned by foreigners. Verse 8, the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a shed in a field of gourds, like a city besieged. Verse 9, had not the Most High left us a trace of a remnant, we would have been like Sodom, we would have resembled Gomorrah. So this is our introduction to the righteous prophet Isaiah and how the Most High had explained that, you know, the children of Israel at this time were a rebellious nation, a rebellious people. Even the children were wicked. They were weighed down with iniquity. They were destructive and that they had forsaken the Most High. And the Most High looked at them. He's like, even through all the chastisement I brought you all through, you still all haven't turned back towards me. Even with your cities burned in fire and desolate, you still haven't turned towards me. How many times do I have to make you go through punishment for you to seek me and repent and change your ways? Most High is constantly sending us warnings and we constantly continue to sin. It's no different than what we're doing nowadays. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 Learn to do good seek justice vindicate the victim render justice to the orphan take up the grievance of the widow So those are instructions to the children of Israel to be righteous to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves when you are able-bodied, when you're in a position that you can do so, it is your it is your duty. Isaiah chapter one, verse twenty-one through twenty-three. How the faithful city has become a harlot. She had been full of justice. Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Verse 22, your silver has become dross. Your heady wine diluted with water. Verse 33, your princes are rebellious and associates of thieves. Each of them loves bribery and pursues payments. They do not render justice to the orphan. The grievance of the widows, the widow does not come to them. So the Most High, through Isaiah, is explaining that, you know, the nation of Israel has become like a harlot. And we all know what a harlot is. And that the nation of Israel has laid with many other nations, just as the Most High had warned us against doing. And we have taken on the ways of other nations and continued to become wicked and defile ourselves more and more. And that we, through our defilement, we began to lose touch of justice and the grievance of those in need and even those who 
were in positions of prominence or leaders amongst us turned to wickedness and rebelled and hung out with associates of thieves. They associated themselves with liars and deceivers and thieves who took from the people, from the innocent. How is that any different from today? Especially in the Israelite community. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 28. But calamity awaits rebels and sinners together. And those who forsake the Most High will perish. I mean, plain and simple, calamity awaits rebels and sinners. What do you think is going on today? They're going through calamities. People are losing their jobs, their livelihood, everything. The, those that were so happy living in Babylon, making their way and, you know, forsaking the Most High, just getting what they wanted, thinking that the Most High would never turn the tables. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. For behold, the Most High is removing from Jerusalem and from Judah support of men and support of women, every support of bread and every support of water. Verse 2, hero and man of war, judge, prophet, diviner, and elder. Verse 3, captain of 50, respected person, advisor, teacher of the wise, and comprehender of mysteries. Verse 4, I shall make youngsters their leaders and mockers will rule them. Verse 5, the people will be oppressed man by man and man by his fellow. They will domineer the younger over the elder and the base over the respectable. So these are the future judgments dished out towards the children of Israel for forsaking the ways of the Most High, that everything became backwards. Wisdom was gone. The, the, the once wise and respected teachers and advisors and people were gone. That the youngsters became the leaders, and we know how that goes. If there's no direction, it's going to be chaos. Look at the disrespect we have in our communities. Youngsters outright disrespecting their own parents, breaking of commandments. Disrespecting elders who know better than them. Being arrogant. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. But woe to the wicked person who does evil, for the recompense of his hands will be dealt to him. Verse 12. My people, their oppressors are mockers and women dominate them. O oh, my people, your leaders mislead you and they have corrupted the direction of your ways. So Isaiah is basically warning the children of Israel about transgressing against the Most High. And we already know that oppressors are mockers. Anybody who's in the truth knows how we're being mocked. And the leaders have corrupted the way, the righteous way of the Most High entirely, leading so many millions and billions, if not billions, astray. 
Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1. And seven women will grasp one man on that day, saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own clothes. Just let us be called by your name and end our disgrace. So we already know the fate of immoral women in the end of Isaiah chapter 3. So the beginning of chapter 1 is an introduction to what will happen. And these are things that we are already seen. I mean, men already outnumber women anyway, and it's pretty close to 7 to 1. So it's interesting to hear exactly 7 to 1. And the more and more I seek righteousness, the more and more I can just see through the daughters of Zion. So many of them, and you know, not all of them are perfect. A lot of them have repented and have gone back to the Most High, so they deserve respect. They deserve to be amongst the children of Israel as long as they are repentant and genuine and continue to live righteously. All of them deserve it. But the ones that are wicked and vile and tear down the sons of Zion, the children of Israel, when this collapse happens, which will be in your lifetime very soon, you will be so desperate that you will cling to one man even if he has six women with him. Think about that. And you won't even care if you have to provide for yourself. You just want that protection. See, society and your oppressors who are mockers have gone men and women so far away from our natural position that the Most High made us to be. Men as providers, protectors, teachers, leaders. Men supposed to be the direct connection to the Most High for women. That is plain and simple. Whereas women are supposed to be the nurturers, the helpmeets, the homestead. Read Proverbs chapter 31 about a virtuous woman, what that means. How hard a virtuous woman works. How much happiness a virtuous woman works and does her thing. Now the system of mockers has the roles flipped around where women think that men are disposable and you'll you'll see very very soon they already are desperate the desperation's in the air and we are seeing the tide change so that is a warning to the daughters of Zion also a warning to the sons of Zion because we are to step up and not accept this BS Isaiah chapter 5 verse 15 through 16 Man will be humbled and people will be brought lower and the eyes of the haughty will be brought low. Verse 16, the most high will become exalted through judgment and the holy God will be sanctified through justice. So we know that the wicked will be brought low and humbled by the most high. What are we seeing today? We'll only see it getting worse in 2020. I promise you that. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who speak of evil as good and of good as evil. And make darkness into light and light into darkness. And make bitter into sweet and sweet into bitter. You know, woe to those who flip everything around. For instance, your Pope. Going out boastfully telling the world that gays are children of the Most High. That the Most High loves homosexuals. The Most High loves abominations, huh? 
and the people just run with it because they love abominations. We already know from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 12, that if the, ru the ruler is wicked, the people are wicked. Anybody who supports that wicked, vile, detestable Nephilim is in rebellion against the Most High. That is an example of somebody speaking of evil as good. And then if you speak out nowadays and it's righteous, that's viewed as evil. I just had a run-in with a family member and we were talking and this family member is so deep into the matrix, so deep into politics and their savior, their idol worshiping savior that we were watching MSNBC or some BS and right in front of us, it said they introduced somebody from the LGBTQ community right there on TV, our oppressors were mocking us and put that person right there on TV as a prominent figure. And I was like, are you serious? Why Why are we watching this? Like, why, why are you listening to this? Family members like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, this person is LGBTQ. This is an abomination in the eyes of the Most High. How are you taking any advice from somebody who is an abomination? Then I was told, oh, no, 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 no. You better be careful of what you say. I better be careful of what I say. Or do you need to be careful of what you're doing? Am I going to be worried about speaking truth and righteousness and justice? Or am I going to be worried about what the next person thinks? Are, is what the next person thinks more important than what the Most High tells us to do? That's example of speaking of good as evil. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 21. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and in their own view, understanding. Now you got many, many, many millions, if not billions of people out here who believe that they just have the world mastered, that they just understand everything, that they don't need the most high for anything. All right. Be wise in your own eyes. Keep loving science and scientists and government and politics. Keep doing it. Keep loving your celebrities. Keep exalting them. You know, keep taking your vaccines. Keep doing all of that. Keep trying to chase after the riches of Babylon. You will very soon see that that is going to be you making your own bed. When will we wake up? When will we go back to the Most High and return to righteousness? Isaiah chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. Woe to those who inscribe inscriptions of falsehood and who write fraudulent documents. Verse 2. To deprive the destitute of justice and to rob the justice of the poor for my people, so that widows be their spoil and they plunder orphans. Verse 3. What will you do about the day of retribution? About catastrophe that comes from afar? 
To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your wealth? So this is a reminder and a warning to the wicked who inscribe falsehood and trick the people and deprive justice and rob the poor and plunder everyone around them. So when the day of retribution of the Most High comes, when the wrath finally comes, what are you going to do? Are you going to go hide under your stacks of money? Are you going to go hang out in your little gold fort in your basement, in your bunker? What are you going to do? Are you going to hide in your bathtub full of ammo? Isaiah chapter 10, verse 20 through 23. It will be on that day that the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will no longer rely on its attacker, but will rely on the Most High, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. Verse 21, the remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. Verse 22, for even if your people Israel will be like the sand of the sea, Only a remnant of it will return, for an intense destruction will surge forth with justification. So we know that the remnant of the Most High will return. You know, even throughout the times of the major prophets, throughout the times of Isaiah, you know, continually telling the people, hey, come on, let's get back to the Most High. People dying, people going back to the Most High. Then it goes back to a little bit of peace. But we know now we are in our last exile and the time is up. So this is the most active time to be warning and waking people up. But only a remnant are going to actually go back to the Most High. Even after all of these signs and prophecies going on right now around us. Only a remnant. Think about that for a second. If you are listening to this right now, you are a remnant. I think I thank the Most High every day for my mercy. Every day. Because... There's times of my life, of my adolescence, when I was when I was considered an adult in the eyes of the Most High, that I was very wicked. And I very much could be in a situation where I'm like everybody else, everybody else, wearing a muzzle, wearing a face diaper, scared to death of a boogeyman, and out here wishing that Babylon would stay afloat, doing anything for money, defiling my temple, all of these things, but I'm right here delivering what the Most High has sought me to do, fulfilling my destiny and my purpose. So there's only going to be a remnant of us, and it's not like you automatically are in just because you're in. You, you have to continue on with righteousness every day. You have to live by the laws, the statutes, of the commandments. So that's what fuels me. Some of the many things, reasons that what that fuels me because of the importance of understanding my history, my ancestors, why we're in the predicament that we are and why I love my people so much, but I, we need to return to righteousness in order for anything to change. And only a remnant are going to do it. So wake your family up, wake your friends up to the best of your ability. Who cares if you annoy them? There's, this is their lives on the, on the, at stake. I have no filter with this stuff. I have no filter with the truth of the Most High. 
I have no filter when it comes to rebuking wickedness. No filter. I don't care who it is. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 2. Open the gates so the righteous nation, keeper of the faith, may enter in. That's a song of thanksgiving to the Most High, but it speaks volumes because the gates are only going to open to a righteous nation. And I'm not saying just the Israelites, the children of Israel. I'm saying the righteous people are going to get into the gates. I'm not talking about heaven. Heaven is down here. I'm not talking about some Christian doctrine BS. I'm talking about the new lands when we aren't paying for rent of lands that were stolen. We're not paying for GMO foods that kill us. We're not paying for water full of fluoride and toxins and lead and mercury, all this stuff that kills us. When we can just have a family and be fruitful and multiply. That's the gate, the new land, the new way. If you're in love with the society, you're sick in the head and you are more than likely a soulless being unless the Most High blesses you by waking you up. And I pray for you because I, that's what I want. I want more people to wake up. This is not something that you just find and try to hide from people. This is something you share. The truth is what you share. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 15. Woe to those who try to hide in depths to conceal counsel from the Most High, and their deeds are done in darkness. They say, who sees us and who knows us. So woe to those who try and hide their wickedness from the Most High. How are you going to hide? How are you honestly going to hide? It's childish, honestly, at this point. You may be able to trick man and woman. You may be able to trick us. Very hard to trick the righteous, but what I'm saying is you may be able just to lie, do something wicked we may not know about until later, but the Most High sees everything so that actions are futile. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17 through 18. The product of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quiet and security forever. Verse 18, my people will live in a peaceful domain and in secure dwellings and in tranquil resting places. So we already know that the product of righteousness is peace. So why not strive for it? Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8 through 10. But you, O Israel, my servant, Jacob, you whom I have chosen, offspring of Abraham who love me. Verse 9, you whom I shall grasp from the ends of the earth and shall summon from among its noblemen, and to whom I shall say, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Verse 10, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed 
For I am your God. I have strengthened you, even helped you, and even sustained you with my righteous right hand. Right there and there, we already know that Israel is a servant of the Most High. Only Israel, not Christ. There's no such thing. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8 through 9. I am the Most High. That is my name. I shall not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven idols. Verse 9. Behold, the early prophecies have come about. Now I relate new ones. Before they sprout, I shall let you hear them. So right there, Most High tells you that the Most High shares no glory with any other gods. So there's no sun, there's no middleman, there's no other gods. And that what the Most High spoke to the prophets will come about. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 23 to through 25. Who among you will give ear to this? will hearken and hear the outcome. Verse 24. Who delivered Jacob to plunder and Israel to looters? Was it not the Most High? He against whom we have sinned? They did not wish to go in his ways and did not listen to his Torah. Verse 25. So he poured out his fury, wrath upon him, and the power of war, so it burned in him from all around but he would not know it burned within him but he did not take it to heart so I mean the, de the continued degra degradation of the children of Israel into their future exile just an example of why the Most High does what the Most High does it's always for a reason the Most High doesn't just dish out punishment for no reason it's all rightfully earned Isaiah chapter 43 verse 10 through 12 you are my witnesses, the word of the Most High, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you will know and believe in me and understand that I am he. Before me nothing was created by a God, nor will there be after me. Verse 11, I, only I, am the Most High, and there is no deliverer aside from me. Verse 12, I foretold and brought salvation and informed you. There was no strange God in your midst. You are my witness, the word of the Most High, for I am God. Verse 13. So, Even before there was a day, I was he, and there is none who can save from my hand when I act who can reverse it. So we know that salvation only comes from the Most High. And the Most High is saying, even before there was the earth in man and woman and nations, I was here. 
Like, who else can you compare to me? Why are you doubting me as your creator? Why are you taking up other gods as if they have any merit in a conversation at all? Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6 through 7. Thus said the Most High, King of Israel and its Redeemer, the Most High, I am the first and I am the last, and aside from me there is no God. Verse 7, whoever will declare that he is like me, let him proclaim it and set forth all the events, since I am placed the people of antiquity, and let them tell us coming events and what is yet to happen. So who can liken themselves to the Most High when there are no other gods? Like, let them tell the future events. What's going to happen? And if you're going to say that Christ is the Most High, how did the Most High die when the Most High is telling you that he was here before creation? Stop with the contradictions. Stop with the foolishness. Stop with the immaturity. Get out of idolatry. Save your own life. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 5 through 7. I am the Most High, and there is no other. Other than me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you do not know me. Verse 6. In order that those from east and west would know that there is nothing besides me. I am the Most High, and there is no other. Verse 7. I am the one who forms light and creates darkness, who makes peace and creates evil. I am the Most High, maker of all these. The Most High is the only God, the supreme ruler and the only ruler. We know that the Most High forms light and creates darkness. We know that the Most High makes peace and creates evil. So there's no devil fighting with the Most High. There's no Satan in a match of tug of war with the Most High. I'm sick and tired of hearing people saying, oh, it was a demon that made me do it, or it was Satan that's doing it. No, you chose to do that, so therefore you're going to get a wicked outcome. The Most High creates light and creates darkness. He creates good and creates evil. He's going to give evil to wicked and good to righteous. It's plain and simple. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 9. For my name's sake, I shall restrain my wrath. For my praise, I shall withhold my anger from you, not to cut you down. So those that know, know that the Most High is doing this for his namesake through the covenant with our forefather, Jacob. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17 through 19. Thus said the Most High, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Most High, your God, who instructs you for your benefit, who guides you in the way you should follow. Verse 18, if you had hearkened to my commandments, your peace would flow like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Verse 19, your offspring would be like the sand and those that emerge from your innards like the sea's innards. Its name will not be cut off and will not be destroyed before me. So the Most High instructs us for our benefit, 
he does the most high is not just making not giving us the ten commandments the laws and the statutes just to give it to us not giving us a torah to just to give it to us the sabbath everything it's for our own benefit and if our ancestors and we today had hearkened to the commandments we would have peace We'd immediately be in our land and our enemies and oppressors would be brought low and destroyed. And our offspring would multiply, plain and simple. Tell me why that is not appealing to you. Why the reward of the Most High is not appealing to you. That you'd rather not put the work in. You'd rather wait till some demigod deity comes down in a chariot and saves you, right? Instead of saving yourself through the salvation of the only God. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 3. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I take glory. So make no mistakes. We're aiming at these idolaters, these idol worshipers of other gods. We're aiming right at them. We're, vindi- we're, we're rebuking everything that they do because you're leading people to slaughter and people's lives are on the line for lies. And there's no more buddy-buddy. Should never have been that anyway. I mean, we all learn as we grow, but at this time and time and place, there's no more buddy-buddy. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 12 through 13. I will co-sign you to the sword, and all of you will slump down in slaughter, because you called because I called and you did not answer. I spoke and you did not hear. You did what was evil in my eyes. And what I did not desire, you chose. Verse 13. Therefore, thus said the Most High, Behold, my servants will eat and you will starve. Behold, my servants will drink and you will thirst. Behold, my servants will rejoice and you will be ashamed. I'm going to read verse 14. Behold, my servants will exalt from good-heartedness, and you will cry out from pain of heart and wail from a broken spirit. So we already know what the righteous will have and what the wicked will have in terms of these judgments. The judgments that we are watching unfold right before our eyes. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 16 through 19. I shall pronounce my judgments against Judah for all their evil, for they have forsaken me and burned incense to the gods of others and prostrated themselves to their handiwork. Verse 17. And as for you, you shall gird your loins and get up and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be frightened of them, lest I let you be broken before them. Verse 18. For behold, I have set you this day as a fortified city, an iron pillar, and copper walls against the entire land, against the kings of Judah, against its leaders, against its priests, and against the people of the land. Verse 19. They will wage war against you, but will be unable to defeat you, for I am with you, the word of the Most High, to rescue you. I mean, think about the lessons that we can get from the righteous prophet Jeremiah when he, the Jeremiah had to go up against detractors and those who wanted him killed, wanted his head, threw him in jail 
imprisoned Jeremiah. Think about that. The Most High is telling Jeremiah, I'm with you. I'm telling you what's going to happen, but I am with you. When the Most High is with you, man, you, there's honestly, it's not a, I don't know how to describe the feeling. I really don't. Other than peace of mind and wholeheartedness. I mean, there's not really words like English words or any type of language that can put it put into reality the feeling you have when you are protected by the Most High, the feeling you have when you when you know that you have the Spirit of the Most High, the courage that you have, the fearlessness, the motivation, the determine determination, the foresight, the discernment, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding. Jeremiah chapter two verse nineteen. Your evil shall chastigate you. Your waywardness shall chasten you. Realize and understand that you, your forsaking of the Most High, your God, is evil and bitter, and that my awe was not upon you, the word of the Most High. So we understand that the evil of the children of Israel is befalling them for the evil that they partook in, the idolatry, the burning of incense to other idols, graven images, so on and so forth, marrying and intermingling with other nations and, and going about their ways. I mean, the list goes on. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 23. How can you say... I have not become contaminated. I have not gone after the Baalim. See your pathway in the valley and recognize what you have done, like a young camel careening in her way. So how can the children of Israel claim that they are not defiled by worshiping other gods? And in partake, I mean, look at Israelites today. Just eating pork, eating shrimp, defiling themselves in so many other ways but then claiming hey I'm I'm a good person I don't listen to the most high but you know I'm a good person I don't follow the laws the statutes and the commandments but hey I'm a good person trust me I follow man for my salvation but I'm a good person I deserve salvation I'm just going to wait on somebody else to do it for me Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 27 through 30 they say to the wood, you are my father, and to the stone, you have borne us. To me they turn their backs and not their faces, but in their time of distress they will say, arise and save us. Verse 28, now where are your gods that you made for yourself? Let them arise, if they can save you in the time of your, dis your distress, for as the number of your cities were your gods, O Judah. Verse 29, why should you contend with me? You have all rebelled against me, the word of the Most High. Verse 30, in vain did I strike your children, for they did not accept rebuke. Your sword has devoured your prophets like a destructive lion. So the Most High has just a way of getting to people. So it's like, so where are your gods that you made for yourself? Are they going to protect you? Can they protect you against your enemies? 
you know, so you when you call out and you want me to help, just know that I'm not going to help. Call on those gods. Call on your Allah, your Buddha, your Christ, your Muhammad, whoever. Oh, call on yourself since some of you are gods anyway, right? Call on yourself. The Most High is like, why should you contend with me? You have rebelled against me. You haven't accepted. You haven't accepted rebuke, and you have gone against your prophets, prophets such as Jeremiah. You went against, who are just trying to save you, trying to help push you back towards the Most High and towards righteousness, out of love, because love is correction. Look at today, how that's any different than today. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. Saying, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and marries another man, can he return to her again? Would that not bring profound guilt upon the land? Yet you have committed adultery with many lovers and would now return to me. The word of the Most High. Verse two, lift your eyes to the hilltops and see where you have been, where have you not been laying with? On the roads, you awaited your lovers like an Arab in the desert. You have brought guilt upon the land with your adultery and with your evil. And this is exactly what people are partaking in today. It's wickedness in the eyes of the most high. You can't slice and dice it any other way. Idolatry is adultery and it's a breaking of commandment. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. If you repent, O Israel, the word of the Most High, you will return to me. If you remo remove your abominations from before me, then you will not have to wander. Verse 2, if you swear, as the Most High lives, in truth, in justice, and in righteousness, the nations will bless themselves through Israel and will praise themselves through it. Verse 3, for thus said the Most High to the people of Judah and to Jerusalem, plow for yourself a furrow and do not sow upon thorn bushes. Read verse 4, circumcise yourselves unto the Most High. Remove the barriers of your hearts, O people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to extinguish it because of the wickedness of your deeds. The Most High has given you basically a choice. Return to me, repent, and follow in my ways so that you can have salvation and the rest of the world can have salvation or I'm going to continue to destroy you through my wrath. There's no, there's no debating the Most High. There's no, you know, hey, let's, go, hey, Most High, can we, you know, can we compromise here? Can I be a little wicked here and there? And then can I follow a few gods? No. It's all or nothing. The Most High is not to be played with. Jeremiah 4, chapter 4, verse 22. For my people are stupid. They have not recognized me. They are foolish children, and they are not discerning. They are wise at doing evil, but know not how to do good. 
plain and simple. The children of Israel were and are stupid for their wickedness and their idolatry and for ignoring the Most High. Plain and simple. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. To whom shall I speak and warn that they will take heed? Behold, their ear is blocked and they are unable to listen. Behold, the word of the Most High has become an object of ridicule to them. They have no desire for it. Verse 11, I am filled with prophecies of wrath of the Most High. I am too weary to contain them. I mean, think about the weight of the world on the shoulders of Jeremiah, knowing all of this wickedness is going, and this wrath is going to come down on the children of Israel for their idolatry, for their sin, for their wickedness. And you've been warning them so much so that they want to kill you. And they continue to partake in it. And you continue to get these visions from the Most High and continue to warn them. It's similar to what righteous men and women go through today trying to wake up our family, our friends, and those in our lives. Wake up. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 13 through 15. For from their simplest to their greatest people, they all extort booty. From prophet to priest, all deal in falsehood. Verse 14. They relieve the impeding disaster of my people by making light of it saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Verse 15, were they ashamed that they had committed abominations? They will never feel shame. They will not know humiliation. Therefore, they will fall among the fallen. At the time I punish them, they will stumble, said the Most High. So, even in the days of old, false prophets and priests were stealing money from the people in the name of the Most High. And all dealing with falsehood. And even when there are signs that the children of Israel would be exiled or, you know, the prophets such as Isaiah, Jeremiah, or Ezekiel warned the people, these priests always stepped in and said, oh no, there's nothing to worry about. There's peace. There's peace. The Most High is not going to do anything to you. The Most High is not going to show chastisement and punishment for your wicked actions. No, 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 no. Keep doing what you're all doing. And they had no shame for their abominations, these priests and pastors. Therefore, the Most High said that they're going to fall among the wicked. So how is that any different from today when you have pastors and, pre and pre priests and preachers and popes, you know, asking for millions of dollars? Why would a pastor be a millionaire? Ask yourself that. Why would you need to be a millionaire? Why would you need to have your own private plane? Ask yourself that. Why would you need to close your church doors during a hurricane? 
And then why would you go in front of the whole world and say that Most High loves homosexuals? These are false prophets. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 21 through 23. Therefore, thus said the Most High, Behold, I am putting stumbling blocks before this people, and they will stumble over them, fathers and their son and sons together, as well as the neighbor and his acquaintance, and they will perish. Verse 22, thus said the Most High, Behold, a people is coming from the land of the north, a great nation will rose itself, ruse itself from the ends of the earth. Verse 23, they will grasp bow and spear. It is a cruel nation, and they will have they will not have pity. Their sound will rage like the sea. They will be riding horses equipped like a man settling, setting out to battle against you, O daughter of Zion. So, I mean, this is the imagery of the Babylonian bow and spear that we are currently being attacked by, brothers and sisters. Well, they have waged war against us, a nation that we do not know, and a very vile and wicked nation. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 2. They draw their tongues, but their bow is falsehood. Not for good faith have they grown strong in the land, for they go forth from evil to evil, but me they do not know. But people don't recognize the Most High anymore. They just love wickedness. They love evil. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 12 through 15. But the Most High said, because of their forsaking my Torah that I put before them, moreover, they did not heed my voice nor follow it. Verse 13, they followed the vision of their heart and they followed the Balim as their fathers taught them. Verse 14, therefore, thus said the Most High, God of Israel, behold, I am feeding this people wormwood and giving them poisonous water to drink. Verse 15, I shall scatter them among the nations that neither they nor their fathers have known. I shall send the sword after them until I annihilate them. So the Most High doesn't play in terms of listening to him. So when you forsake his Torah Tanakh for other books like the New Testament or any other book that is added to or subtracted from, that's what you're gonna have that's what you have in front of you, and that's what our ancestors did. And that's why we're in the situation that we are in today. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 22 through 23. Thus said the Most High, Let not the wise man glorify himself with his wisdom, and let not the strong man glorify himself with his strength. Let not the rich man glorify himself with his wealth. Verse 23. For only with this may one glorify himself, contemplating and knowing me. For I am the Most High, who does kindness, justice, and righteousness in the land. For in there, these is my desire, the word of the Most High. So, I mean, it's just idle glory to glorify yourself in your strength or your wealth. The only glory in life is through the Most High and the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. There's no, there's no such thing as glory through yourself.
Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. Every man is bereft of wisdom. Every smith is shamed by his graven image. For his molten idol is false, and there is no life in them. They are vanity. Verse 15. They are vanity, the work of deception. When they are dealt with, they shall perish. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 3 through 5. Say to them, Thus said the Most High, God of Israel, Cursed is the man who will not listen to the words of this covenant. Verse 4. That I commanded your forefathers on the day I took them out from the land of Egypt, from the iron crucible, saying, Listen to my voice and fulfill the commandments according to all that I command you so that you will be a people for me and I will be a God for you. Verse five, in order to fulfill the oath that I swore to your forefathers, to give them a land flowing of milk and honey as this very day. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14. But the Most High said to me, these prophets prophesy falsehood in my name. I did not send them, nor command them, nor speak to them. A, a false vision, divination, emptiness, and the deception of their heart are they prophesying to you. Plain and simple. That's who we are up against from the days of old and the days of today. Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 10 through 13 and it shall be that when you tell all these things to this people they will say why has the most high spoken all this great evil against us what is our iniquity with what is our transgression that we have transgressed before our our God verse 11 say to them it is because your forefathers have forsaken me the word of the most high and they follow the gods of others they worshiped them and prostrated themselves before them. But for me, they forsook my Torah. They did not observe. Verse 12, and you have acted worse than your forefathers, for each one of you follows the vision of his evil heart in order not to listen to me. Verse 13, so I shall hurl you from upon this land into a land that you did not know. You or your, you or your, forefathers and there you will serve the gods of others day and night for i will not grant you leniency so the most i told through the prophets time and time again of what's going to happen if you continue to forsake my torah and my laws my statutes and commandments and look where we are here today even when jeremiah warned our forefathers we cannot blame any other nation other than ourselves stop blaming other people for your problems take accountability Jeremiah chapter 22 verse 13 woe to him who builds his house with righteousness and his upper stories without justice who works his fellow without payment and does not give him his wages Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 11 through 13 
for even the prophet and the priest are insincere. Even in my temple, I find their evil, the word of the Most High. Verse 12, therefore, their way shall be from for them like a slippery path in the dark. They will be pushed and fall out, fall on it, for I shall bring evil upon them. It is the year of their reckoning, the word of the Most High. So even in the days of the temple, it was being defiled by the by the priest, by the by these false prophets, by all these people who just didn't listen to the Most High. And look at we are at today. No different. Jeremiah chapter 25, verse 6 through 7. Do not follow the gods of others, worshiping them and prostrating yourself to them. And do not anger me with your handiwork, so that I not bring evil upon you. Verse 7, but you did not listen to me, the word of the Most High, in order to anger me with your handiwork to your own harm. So that's what happens when we follow other gods. You just make the Most High angry, and you will be punished for it. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3. For behold, days are coming, the word of the Most High, when I will return the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, said the Most High, and I will return them to the land that I gave their forefathers, and they will possess it. So, I mean, this is the prophecy of messianic times. And we already know what's about to happen. When you study, you know it's going to happen. You're, we know that we're watching the prophecies unfold right before our eyes. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 8 through 9. It shall be on that day, the word of the Most High, that I will break off the yoke of the conqueror from your neck, and I will tear your straps, and foreigners will no longer enslave them. Verse 9, they will serve the Most High their God and David their king, whom I will establish over them. Not your Jesus. Not any other gods, not yourself. Most High's telling you right then and there what's going to happen in the messianic times and the end of days that we are already in. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 14 through 16. Array yourselves for battle against Babylonia all around. All you who draw the bow, shoot at her. Do not spare arrows, for she has sinned to the Most High. Verse 15, shout the battle cry against her. She puts her hand out for help all around. The foundations of her wall have fallen. Her walls were cast down because it is the vengeance of the Most High. Be avenged against her. Do to her as she did. Verse 16, eliminate the sower from Babylonia as well as the bearer of a sickle at harvest time from before the oppressor's sword every man will turn around toward his people and every man will flee to his country so we are witnessing the prophecy of Jeremiah in these end times that we will the most high will recompense us and bring us back from all the nations and protect us the most high will judge these nations and the people will scatter back to their own nations thus said the most high it's right there in the book people will, your pastor is going to hide that one 
Your preacher's going to cherry pick that one. Your priest is going to deny that. Your pope's going to overlook that. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Then he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Verse 2. A spirit entered into me as he spoke to me, and it stood me on my feet. And I heard that which was being spoken to me. Verse 3. He said to me, Son of man, I send you to the children of Israel, to the rebellious nations that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have defiantly sinned against me to this very day. Verse 4. And the children are brazen-faced and hard-hearted. I send you to them. You shall say to them, Thus said the Most High. Verse 5. Now they, whether they will heed whether they will refrain, for a rebellious house are they. They will know that a prophet has been among them. Verse 6. But you, son of man, fear not them, and fear not their words. Though they are thorns and thistles to you, and among scorpions do you dwell, fear not their words, and, not, and be not intimidated before them, though they are a rebellious house. Verse 7. Speak my words to them, whether they will obey, whether they will refrain, for they are rebellious. Verse 8. And you, son of man, heed that which I speak to you, by not rebellious, like the rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat that which I give you. So the Most High, through his visit and vision to Ezekiel, gave Ezekiel his mission to provide the declarations of prophecy and the word of the Most High and the instruction to the children of Israel to listen and return to the Most High and to not be dismayed. Even though the people were completely vile and wicked, the Most High is, I'm with you. Just like the Most High did with Isaiah, just like the Most High did with Jeremiah, the Most High did with Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 16. Then he said to me, Son of man, behold, I am breaking the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and people will eat bread by weight and with worry, and drink water by measure and with consternation. So, I mean, that's, that's what happens to us when we break our covenant with the Most High. The Most High takes away from us. We think we have everything we need, but we are lacking. Think people are actually happy out here in Babylon? They are so unhappy deep down. Because it's, it's not life. This is not life. Ezekiel chapter 6 verse 13. Then you will know that I am the Most High, when their corpses will be among their idols, around their altars, on every, hill, on every high hill, on all the mountaintops, and under every leafy tree, and under every thick elm, the place where they offered the Savior a pleasing aroma to their idols. So the Most High is basically saying, if you're going to idolize these wicked idols in high places, then I'm going to mix your bodies with them. 
Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 15. Then they will know that I am the Most High when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them among the countries. I mean, so what do we have today? Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 6 through 9. They saw a worthless vision and false divination. They say the word of the Most High, but the Most High did not send them. Yet they expect that their word will be confirmed. Verse 7, have you not envisioned a worthless vision and uttered a false divination? You say the word of the Most High when I have not spoken. Verse 9. That's verse 8. Therefore, thus said the Most High, because you have not you have spoken worthless words and have seen a false vision, therefore, behold, I am against you, the word of the Most High. Verse 9. And my hand will be against the prophets who see worthless visions and who divine falsehood. They will be they will not be among the council of my people, nor will they be inscribed in the set record of the house of Israel, nor will they enter upon the soil of Israel, then you will know that I am the Most High. So, I mean, this is the punishment that the Most High is going to dish out towards these false prophets. They won't even be remembered. Your pastors, your preachers, your priests, your pope will never be remembered. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. The word of the Most High came to me, saying, Verse 13, son of man, when a country sins against me, acting with treachery, and I stretch out my hand against it and break its staff of bread and dispatch famine against it and eliminate man and beast from it. Verse 14, then even if these three, these men, these three men would be in its midst, Noah, Daniel, and Job, they by their righteousness would save only their own souls, the word of the Most High. It doesn't matter who you are. If you go up against the Most High, you could be Noah, Joe, you could be any uh, any righteous man, and you go up against the Most High, he's going to still destroy you. Most High doesn't care. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 20 through 21. Then you took your sons and your daughters, whom you begot from me, and these you slaughtered for them to devour. Was your harlotry so trivial? Verse 21, that you slew my children and gave them away by passing them over before your idols? I mean, what is different from the days of old when our ancestors would sacrifice us unto other gods? How is it any different than going to take your child to get a baptism? or vaccinating them. You're sacrificing them onto other gods. Plain and simple. Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 59 through 63. 
For thus said the Most High, I will do to you as you have done, for you have scorned an oath, breaking our covenant. For 60, but I will remember my covenant made with you in the days of your youth, and I will reestablish for you an everlasting covenant. Verse 61, then you will remember your evil ways and be humiliated when you take your sisters who are older than you with those who are younger than you. And I give them to you as daughters, but not because you kept your covenant. Verse 62, then I will establish my covenant with you and you will know that I am the most high. Verse 63, in order that you remember and be ashamed and so that you no longer have an excuse because of your humiliation when I forgive you for all that you have done. The word of the Most High. So, I mean, that's our future covenant and the Most High is only doing it for his namesake, for keeping his word with our forefathers. That's it. The Most High doesn't owe us anything. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The soul that sins, it shall die. A son shall not bear the iniquity of his father, and a father shall not bear the iniquity of his son. So the righteousness of the righteous person shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked person shall be upon him. So remember, we can all break generational curses. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. As for the wicked man, if he repents from all his sins that he committed, and he observes all my decrees and practices justice and righteousness, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Verse 22. All his transgressions that he committed will not be remembered against him. He shall live because of the righteousness that he did. Verse 23, do I desire at all the death of the wicked man? The word of the Most High, is it not rather his return from his ways that he might live? So the Most High is telling us right there that the wicked can find salvation from the Most High through their repentance and genuine change. The Most High is not, does not find any happiness in, in destroying people. Just return to the Most High and your transgressions will be dismissed as long as you are truly repentant. And repentance is, is action. It's not words. It's, it's action. Continued action. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 24. And when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and practices corruption, shall he do like the abominations that the wicked man did and live? All his righteousness that he had done will not be remembered because of the treachery with which he portrayed and because of his sin that he sinned. Because of them, he shall die. So it's it's a daily, lifely, lifelong journey to be righteous. Just because you're righteous now and you turn away from it, you will die. same way as the wicked so the righteous the true righteous know that they will be judged just like the wicked that is one of the elements of the fear of the most high 
Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 43 through 44. And there you remember your ways and all your deeds by which you became defiled. And you will be disgusted with yourselves for all your evils that you have done. Verse 44, then you will know that I am the Most High when I act with you for my name's sake and not in accord with your evil ways and your corrupt deeds. O house of Israel, the word of the Most High. So even before we enter into the new land and the holy mountain of the Most High, the Most High is telling us that we will remember our transgressions and we will be ashamed. But the Most High is going to remove that shame and we will be new and we will have a circumcised heart, a circumcised heart, and we will be recompensed. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 4. Through the blood that you have shed, you became you become guilty, and through your idols that you fashioned, you have become contaminated. Thus, you brought your judgment days near and reached the limit of your years. Therefore, I have made you a shame to the nations and a disgrace for all the lands. I mean, explain to me how that's not any different than what we see today with the Israelites, a, sh a sh disgrace for all the lands. I don't even know where to start with our people. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 15 through 16. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you among the lands, and I will eliminate your, con your contamination from you. Verse 16, you will be caused to tremble before the eyes of the nations, then you will know that I am the Most High. So the Most High is going to scatter. He already did. This is what he's telling Ezekiel to, to declare to the children of Israel the punishment for continuing forsaking the Torah and continuing to forsake the Most High and the Most High's law, statutes, and commandments. And here we are today in prophecies, in the beginning of destruction of Babylon, in the, the beginning of the end for the wicked, when they're scrambling to try to put together the New World Order in record time. They're scrambling right now because they know what's happening. Oh, the wicked know. They, they, study, they study the righteous. The righteous study the wicked and vice versa. That's why this is the most active time to get right with the Most High. Wake up. Ezekiel chapter 25 verse 12 through 14 thus said the most high because Edom acted in 
wrecking vengeance against the house of Judah and has incurred guilt by taking vengeance against them. Verse 13, Therefore, thus said the Most High, I will extend my hand against Edom and annihilate it from, from it man and animal, and I will make it desolate from the south, and the inhabitants of Dedan will fall by the sword. Verse 14, Then I will place my vengeance in Edom by the hand of my people Israel, and they will deal with Edom in accordance with my anger and my wrath. They will know my vengeance, the word of the Most High. So through the prophet Ezekiel, we are learning of the imminent downfall of Esau in the Edomite kingdom, which rules today. And don't let them fool you. Any Christian camps telling you Esau is the white man. No, 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 no. We all know Esau is not. And Esau is the brother of Jacob. So this is what we are prophesizing. What we're seeing right now is the end of Esau. For all the transgressions that Esau committed against Jacob. Treachery, wickedness, vileness. Ezekiel chapter 30 verse 12 I will make the rivers dry and deliver the land to the hand of evil people and I will make the land and all that fills it desolate by the hand of foreigners I the most high have spoken Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 7 through 9 Now you son of man I have made you a sentinel for the house of Israel. When you hear a matter from my mouth, you must warn them for me. Verse 8. If I say of a wicked person, wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak up to warn the wicked one concerning his way, he is wicked and will die for his iniquity, but I will demand his blood from your hand. Verse 9. But you, if you did warn the wicked one concerning his way to repent from it, but he did not repent from his way, he will die for his iniquity, and you will have saved your soul. So this is the instruction that the Most High gave to Ezekiel about warning the wicked, and that it's not who cares about feelings or emotions. It doesn't matter if it's your family or if it's your friends. You're supposed to warn those who do not know. Otherwise, their blood is on your hands. Thus says the Most High. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 25 through 28. They will dwell on the land that I gave to you, my servant Jacob, within which your fathers dwelled. They and their children and their children's children will dwell upon it forever. And my servant David will be a leader for them forever. Verse 26, I will seal a covenant of peace with them. It will be an internal covenant with them, and I will emplace them and increase them, and I will place my sanctuary among them forever. Verse 27, my dwelling place will be among them. I will be a God to them, and they will be a people to me. Verse 28, then the nations will know that I am the Most High who sanctifies Israel. My sanctuary will be among them forever. 
So we are looking at the future prophecies and messianic times. What the Most High has in store for us. All praises to the Most High. To understand the major prophets is to understand their books, which are full of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Righteous men and women have the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, and the book of Ezekiel to look to as stepping stones to continue honing and learning about the major prophets who left us with so many lessons, lessons of which we continue to learn to this very day. A prophet is defined as an individual who gives the declarations of the Most High. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives based upon their own glory. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives exalting themselves ahead of the children of Israel. These major prophets did not strive to live their lives being preoccupied with the riches of the world. These major prophets lived their lives in accordance to the declarations of the Most High and the Most High only. The establishments and continued reestablishments of the righteousness of the children of Israel. So take the time that the Most High has given to you before the chaos breaks out and get right and repent and warn your family, your friends, those in your life, rebuke wickedness, walk on the narrow path of the righteous, look to books such as the book of Isaiah, the book of Jeremiah, the book of Ezekiel, rememorize the, the Ten Commandments, know what you need to do in these times of prophecies, brothers and sisters, and I'm rooting for you and I urge you to, because I'm going to hold myself to that standard. That's the vow that I made to the Most High, that I will never turn away from righteousness. As long as I have breath coming out my nostrils and a heart that's beating and a mind that's thinking and a body that is moving and able. A warning to the wicked. May the Most High bring calamities, strife, and iniquities upon you. To those who curse me, my family, and are aiming to retaliate against me for exposing them. To those who hate the Most High and His saints, along with His creation. To those who trick or mock the Most High saints. To those who want to see me lose my career, my livelihood, my health, my finances, or even my life. May the Most High do unto you tenfold. May the Most High put a curse upon you and eradicate you and your entire family seed and lineage. May you no longer inhabit the earth. For the Most High speaks through me. I'm here to do his righteous work. Therefore, I will send a curse upon those who wish for my downfall. Peace and blessings to all of the righteous saints of the Most High. Peace and blessings to all of those who have been on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High, and to those who are beginning on their own narrow path of the righteous with the Most High. May the Most High continue to bless you, protect you, guide you, 
and provide you with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. May your life be fulfilled and may you have peace of mind all of your days along with your family lineage. All praises to the Most High. And the Most High only. Shalom. Shalom.